Warning, this show contains childish adult content and is intended for immature, mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views spoken are hours and hours alone, not those of any other bugger. If you're easily offended, we strongly suggest finding another podcast. Everybody neat and pretty, then on with the show. Happy New Year, uh, and welcome to Year 11 of that Disney Parks podcast. Can you believe I've been sat here doing this bullshit now for 11 years? It's probably about the same date, actually, that we did our first ever episode. And look, all I can say is the first episode it is still available. Don't don't go listen to it. Um, Happy New Year to you all, and I'm joined this evening, as we recalled, by Mr. P Dubs. Hello and good evening and welcome. What a lovely introduction there from yourself. And we are also joined from a remote satellite location by Mr. D. Hola. Uh, happy 2023. As you can hear, you, like he's definitely remote uh, on satellite because there's about five second delay, which is excellent. Um, oh no! No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know exactly. Um, but yes, here we are. Year Year Eleven. Year ele- is it going to be our final year? I don't know. We'll find out. You better better keep listening, or else it, it might well be. Um, but we've not been. It's been about a month, isn't it, since we all we've all been together? Uh, yeah, it must be. Yeah. We wrapped up early. Last year, we, so we did. I tried to give, media. yeah, I tried to give everyone time off to like you know enjoy themselves and, and not get ill, and it just seems like everyone ignored my advice. <laughs> Some worse than others, peed ups, but you know, yeah, yep, your, could only be me. It's your life. Yeah, <laughs> if you want to be constantly ill, that's on you. Um, I'm but, I'm blaming the in laws; they won't hear this, so that's fine. Oh, that's good. Mm. That's good. Yeah, that, that's always always best to blame someone that's not going to listen. That's why I can't ever say anything bad about my brother now because my brother listens to this, my cousins listen to this. There are people I, I'm I'm alert now of more people that listen to this that I actually know and can actually accost me in real life. So, yeah, I have to watch watch more what I say. Um, but look, without further ado, let's let's get on because we've had some time off and stuff has been going on, um, and I mean a lot of it's been going on Disneyland Paris, which we won't be talking about tonight. We'll instead focus on Disney World and Disneyland as we do, and I'm sure we'll get on to other Disney stuff as well. But I've got to ask the immortal question, of course, before we start properly talking on this show, and that's by asking what everybody is drinking. So, P-Dubs, uh, hot toddy? Well, it's not, but it has got a little bit of a Disney connection in a weird roundabout way. So, mm. I know, Mr. D, I, I believe you watch Eleanor Dreaming as well. Yes, uh, yeah, they did, a, they did a vlog from York, over Christmas, uh-huh. um, and they visited Betty's tea room. Oh yeah, yeah, I know um, Betty's and I, well. And then I randomly, as a Christmas present from one of our friends, got a food hamper from Betty's, oh, and nice. I've got a Betty's tea for the evening. 
Betty's tea. Yeah, I tell you what, have you had the fat rascals? No. Right, right you gotta you gotta try one of the fat rascals. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. It's like a cross between a, a giant scone and a rock cake. I've uh, I've I've heard, like I've never been, but even I've heard of the fat rascals there. Yeah. Like, they are infamous. You can so, order them online. Can you really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Maybe, maybe they want to sponsor this podcast. Um yeah. Mr D. What are you, uh, um, sang- Sangria? Uh, no, should be, shouldn't it? Mm. <laughs> we only got here yesterday, so we're a bit low on the old provisions. We did go to the supermarket, but I didn't get any, didn't pick up any alcoholic beverages. So I'm on peppermint tea. There you go. Very good. Very yeah. good. Nice and calm and relaxing because Craig's not here. He can't slag anyone off, which is always, <laughs> always a bonus. Um, Right, uh, I suppose in that case we should really uh, look through the, uh, the the stack of newspapers that we've got uh, and talk about stuff that's been going on inside the parks. <laughs> newspapers, isn't yeah. that where isn't that where you get your your information? Oh, the print yeah. media, yeah. the Daily Bugle, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Um, so we had a few technical. We we use. I'm going to reveal the curtain ever slightly, just pull it back. Uh, we use uh, Zoom when we're not all together, which is 99% of the time. And uh, it's it's changed all its functions, and so I'm having to write mare behind the scenes. But hey, it's all fun in Love and War, isn't it? Um, Mr. D, I'll come to you first. What exciting developments do you want to talk about inside the parks? Oh, God. <laughs> Where to start? It's been well, a busy yeah. old weekend. I think we should start with the most important, the biggest announcement, the most relevant announcement. Parking? Free parking is back for hotel guests at Walt Disney World. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe I guessed that right. <laughs> I thought it was going to be... I mean, to be fair, there are about yeah. three or four big stories. So, um, yeah, so, so, so tell me about this, because I was... When this when this story broke, um, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't I wasn't around, so I could see, uh, you know, pings in the chat, and I wasn't really uh, able to focus properly on it. So, what exactly has happened with the party? Okay. So, um, my understanding is, you know, in the a couple of years ago, they they said that they were going to start charging for parking at the resorts, uh, which had always been complimentary before. Uh, I think it was only DVC, um, maybe annual pass holders, I don't know. But um, certainly if you stayed on DVC points, you got free parking um, and hotel guests had to pay for it. But uh, this week they've announced that they've been listening to guests, they've been listening to some of the negative feedback. And as a result of that, uh, they are gonna make parking at the resorts free once more. Effective a couple of days ago, effective January the tenth. In fact, um, hmm. I mean, it's it's good, I suppose, but um, is it is it real? You know, I've seen a lot of people suggesting that. I mean, I I think it's smart in the sense that people are unhappy that they're being nickel and dimed by Disney. Mm. You know, you, you got to pay for parking. 
um, magical free magical express is gone um, plus all the all the other things that you've you've got to pay for as part of a holiday normally and then between all of the uh, obviously genie plus being the latest example where fast pass plus was was free before mm. and for whatever reason they've decided they're going to take this this particular nickel or dime away but it wouldn't be difficult for them to roll an increase into the hotel room rate which is what i think they probably should have done in the first place yeah i mean i was having uh i was having this uh discussion of sorts with uh with ryan the other day um it might have been about free dining but i was basically saying like nothing's free like all all the all the free perks that they chuck (laughs) at you you're paying for it you just it's a stealthily done you know and you won't know about it because you can't phone up disney and say um look i've seen the offer on the page but you know what i don't want the free parking i don't want a dining plan or I don't want a free gift card. Um, I, I don't want uh, the uh, the photo pass. You know, take all of that stuff off, uh, and then tell me what the price mm. is going to be. Y- you're not going to have that. So you're going to go with whatever the, the prices they tell you. I, I guess this is another benefit that's more beneficial for the international traveller than it is the American traveller because of the time. I mean, I think when we you know, recorded that episode about the parking charges, you know, we were sat there calculating what that expense would be over a a two-week period, Mm. you know, and then, you know, obviously post-pandemic, car rentals went up and everything like that as well. So all of a sudden, you know, what used to be uh, an inconvenience but uh, a relatively small part of of the cost of your holiday is all of a sudden creeping up because then you was paying you know, a thousand pounds to hire a car for your your stay, and then you were going to be paying another five hundred pounds or so on top to yeah. to park the car at your bloody hotel um, when you're not mm-hmm. using it. So, um, I mean, it, it it will help guests, but like you say, it, it, is it really gone? Is it just you know the room room rate has gone up another three dollars? You know, to to compensate the the freebie that you're now going to get, you know, who knows? But yeah. it's 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 a bone of contention, which is probably, and I reckon one of the reasons why I've done it, probably one of the easiest things they could implement. Yeah, and and it is, I guess, an anti-universal move as well, because universal charge for parking at the resorts. Mm-hmm. But Universal, I think, I'm not an expert on Universal, and we only started staying at Universal a couple of years ago, 2019, I think, was the first time. But the difference is, I think Universal has always charged for parking, and this was Disney's reason for for charging for parking, was that they were following industry standards by mm. charging a parking fee, which is nonsense, because anybody who knows anything knows that things like the construction of the car parts and the maintenance of the car parts, it, it was built into the hotel rate already. Yeah. So you were already paying for it. So it, it totally was cash grab. It was it was literally money for nothing. And now the fact that taking it away, mm. you know, they're, they're, they're still probably covering the maintenance and all of that. 
uh, operation of the car parks within their room rate, but it just means they don't get this extra cash and it's one less thing that people can point at and say, you know, you're nickel and dime and everybody's deaf here. Oh, the only other thing I would say is you're, you're right, of course, about the international guests. I think we always hired a car. We'd have it for two or two and a half weeks or whatever we went for. And the cost of car has gone up tremendously. And now also you're paying for parking on top of that if you're staying at a, an on-site resort. But I think there's also a lot of Americans that are somewhat local who would drive to Florida. You know, certainly people in Florida or Georgia or, you know, you see a lot of license plates around from Texas and Louisiana and places like that. So it kind of impacted those folks as well, even though they may only be gone for four, five, six, seven nights. Um, it kind of impacted them as well. And mm. then gas prices have obviously gone up, so they've got increased gas prices to drive there from wherever they're coming from. And then they've got to pay for parking when it was always free before. So, hey... I think it's a move in the right direction, but is it just a token gesture? That's that's what needs to be seen, I think. Um, you know, yeah. Disney's got cost pressures like everybody else, but um, they've, uh, they've certainly been sticking it to the guests uh, for quite a while now, for about, certainly for the last few years since COVID, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of years yeah i i agree i i think it is quite a token gesture really but it's the kind of thing that you can announce and everyone goes something that we used to like that we used to get from uncle bob free before uh is now free again and therefore that yeah. that's a positive as you say if they add 10 cents onto uh every every pint of beer that they sell or they add 20 cents onto every counter service meal that they sell to, you know, kind of cover the expense of, of making that change. No one's going to care about that yeah. because you're not going to notice it. But making a statement like that is just a very simple, very easy, very positive uh, thing mm-hmm. to do. So, yeah. Anyway, it's not really the uh, most important news. Um, I was being facetious, but hey, well, I, Bob giveth and Bob taketh away. Exactly. Yeah. The the the, tori- the story of the two Bobs. I always said the story of the two Bobs, and that's a, that's well, a I mean, completely different conversation. It was, it, it was this Bob who 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 giveth, and now he's takingeth away. It yeah. was actually 2018 that Parkin was introduced. So is that what it, it was? Mister Liger and it's Mister Liger. Right? Uh, oh yeah. That's the problem when you do this show for eleven years. You do forget how long it was that you you were having these conversations. Mm-hmm. There yeah. you go. Um, all right. Well, look. Let, let's try again. Let's try again. P dubs. What new yep. story do you want to talk about? Uh, I want to talk about nighttime spectaculars. What mm. is wrong with this show? <laughs> okay, nighttime spectaculars. T- or, tell me. Tell well, me. We're it. leaving the big one for you next. Yeah. And it's- <laughs> It's your jam, isn't it? Okay, yeah. okay, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, see, all right, nighttime spectaculars. What do you want to tell me about this? So, so first of all, uh, the return of the halfway house fireworks show at Epcot, Epcot Forever. 
Yeah, uh, well, we're returning. It's like the never-ending story it, of fireworks. Yeah, uh, as it says again, it is it is the interim show as as they now replace um, Harmonious um, later on this year. Uh, Epcot Forever will be returning on April the third uh, as that, they remove the barges. Wasn't that, um, from the lagoon. Wasn't that a song? Wasn't that a song in Frozen Two? For the second time in forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but everyone will be happy that they like are removing that. the barges. I look, uh, the only thing I'm going to say on this, right? Because look, I was the member of the team that cared the the least about um, illuminations going, because I never I never had the special affinity for it that a lot of people uh, did, you know, especially you uh, and Ryan uh, and Craig, right? But you have no soul. I, that's that's very very apparent. No one needs to question that. But at the same time, I think they made this big hoo ha about doing a new show. They have spent hundreds of thousands, if not potentially millions, on this new nighttime show with these ridiculously Stargate-sized barges. And what are they going to do now? What are they going to do with them? Are they going to scrap them? Yeah. I can't believe they'll scrap them. Well, where where can they... The thing is, though, like logistically, where well, could they go? Because... Well, they could go at Disney Springs, couldn't they? they uh, yes, could that's go, a very big lake. Yeah, big lake. And they could have a nighttime spectacular around Disney Springs. There you go, Mr. Iger. I was going to say cheap it now. It's very hard to break old habits, isn't it? Chapek can have them if he wants. Yeah. (laughs) Pounds on the dollar. They could could probably fit on that new cruise ship they bought. (laughs) This is because they say it is. They'll probably go in the middle floor. (laughs) The ship's huge. Put them in the pole. Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, look. I mean, I, I think a little bit like the parking, I think it seems to at least have gone down pretty well with people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, again, it's a positive mood, uh, move uh, to improve the mood. Um, I mean, the only thing that I, I, I'm i concerned about is is what does that mean for the uh, the integration of Magic Band Plus? What's it going to interact with now? Bugger all. Well, seems the like kite. it. Kate's on but, Epcot forever. Yeah, but you say that um, as we bid farewell to another fireworks spectacular over in Magic Kingdom. Um, Disney Enchantment has lasted all of about nine months. Again, I, I find it so weird that... Because, I mean, you, you know, obviously me and P-Dubs, we do a show about Disneyland Paris. Um, we talk a lot about Disneyland Paris. Disneyland Paris had the best fireworks show of recent years in Dreams. They replaced it with a show called Illuminations that had no bearing to the Epcot show of the same name, um, which has run for five years and is now being replaced with the show that it replaced in the first place. It seems like Bob's come in and just gone, you know what, I'm not <laughs> oh, happy with this nighttime entertainment. Yeah, exactly. It's, mm. it's so weird. Yeah, so, so Disney Enchantment is being replaced by Happily Ever After. Which I think, I mean, I, I didn't... Mr. D, did you did you experience enchantment? Uh, yes, yeah, I did. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. 
Was it better than Happy Ever After, though? No, I don't think so. No. Yeah. I don't think it was better than Wishes, you know? I mean, when Wishes went, I was was gutted. Wishes. (laughs) Um, But Happily Ever After is a good show. It's a good Mm. replacement. Um, Yeah, I I don't... Yeah, I think it's it's a step in the right direction in terms of Happily Ever After being a better show, but... Mm. It's a it's another kind of poke in the eye to Disney management and you know well to some extent imagining but you don't know who's who's calling the shots really. Yeah, I'm never sure with the with the fireworks shows how, how much of it, of it is done with imagineering and how much of it is done with because uh, because I'm sure in Paris, Pubs isn't it like um, an outside company that. Um, that they, it's, like, it's, it's Disney in conjunction with uh, another company. Yeah, they've had they've had one guy that's pretty much run every single nighttime spectacular across the world. Though interestingly, he doesn't seem to be around at the moment. Oh, um, it was Steve Davison, I believe. Um, but his name hasn't been linked to something else we're going to talk about shortly um, regarding nighttime spectaculars over at Disneyland. Um, so there is someone new, and it, I wonder whether that's why a lot of these old shows are coming back, because there's someone new in charge that's basically starting from scratch. Mm. Um, so they're brought back like fan favourites while these new shows are being worked out. Okay, that's that's uh, that's interesting. Um, it, it, it makes sense as well, because, yeah, I mean, people are very uh fanatical about nighttime shows um i think we all have had favorite shows over the years i mean we've all loved wishes um Cheers. thank you and uh, and you know it said like you know uh, dreams over at disneyland paris and i but another thing that i think is interesting and maybe kind of linked to what you just said there about um having someone know doing this is the fact that there is going to be uh, another drone show uh, at Disneyland Paris and it's certainly they've already got one now they're adding the second mm. one it does feel like Disney are now kind of leaning more towards what they can do with with drones because that's not going to just be a Disneyland Paris thing that will be no. that will be rolled out to other parts but quite and we often, know they've already test, they tested it at Walt Disney World didn't they at yeah. Disney Springs yeah so we know that there's plans somewhere yeah yeah, I, I think we're going to see more of it and it would make complete sense if they've got someone new uh, now doing this stuff um, to kind of take some time to get it all, you know, correct and, and, and working. I mean, we've got a few years now, haven't we, before any any major anniversaries. Uh, we've got yeah. two years before uh, Disneyland's 70th. Yep. Is it 70th? Yep. yep. Bloody hell. Uh, yeah, yeah, so we've got two years before that, um, and Disneyland and uh, Paris and, and Walt Disney World have just had big anniversaries themselves. So they're you know three four years away from anything going on, needing to go on in those parks. So plenty of time to get stuff right, and then he's just he's just taking ownership of three big barges. Yep. So <laughs> work those into your plans. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's it'll good. be interesting to see whether they re. Work barges for the new show. Whether the new show is going to be 
or whether they just get rid of them. Well, I wonder... put them somewhere else. I wonder if what they might look to do, and this is obviously just my own speculation just on what we're talking about now, I wonder if they might try and bring a show back like Illuminations, but using drones rather than floats. Because you could quite easily do a a, a globe using drones. Yeah. And no, they they did test at Epcot, didn't they? They were having some issues with getting them into the park. No. Don't know why. They um they would lose them as they went over the international gateway. <laughs> the mu- the Bermuda were- Triangle of Florida. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they were dropping out of the sky. Unfortunately, them and frogs. That's that, that's, that, that's that bit where you can't quite get Genie Plus to operate. It's that dead spot on the Wi Fi. <laughs> uh, I know it well. All you need is one of those booster hit refresh, plugs. Hit refresh. Every time you hit refresh, another drone falls out of the sky. Just just get one of those booster plugs. Mm-hmm. Enhances mm-hmm. the Wi Fi. Get a mesh network. Yeah. Get, um, get a tinfoil hat. Uh, I think there's a few of those already in Florida. Um. All right. Uh, I, do, I do wonder, though. Sorry, no, no, just, no, no. Um, again, just directionally, it will be interesting to see whatever replaces um, Harmonious when it finally does replace Harmonious. Whether they take the feedback on board about you know the, the fact that Harmonious was very IP centric and. Mm. The, the whole kind of world showcase spirit of Epcot, you know, the original um, sort of unity of nations and all of that had had largely gone. I mean, they they, they did make a half-assed attempt at it and harmonious by the selection of songs and things like that, but it was very weak compared to what Illuminations brought to the party. So... Mm. Just be interesting to see whether they maybe dial back the IP in favour of, you know, just some of that spirit and inspirational, motivational piece that Epcot was was kind of famous for. It was such a weird balance with Harmonious because on the one hand, you know, if you're doing, you know, if you if you use the, the World Showcase example, you've got disney films that are set in countries in the world showcase right so you've got your mm-hmm. cocos you've got your uh your beauty and the beast uh you've mm-hmm. got your frozen right you, you've got these countries represented in technically if they've they've either got an ip already in that section or um you know one's representative of that country but they didn't just focus on that did they they focus on things like lion king and uh Jungle Book was that in there as well? If I remember rightly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jungle Book was in. There. Do, do you know what I mean? Like they, they, they could have probably made it work if they just concentrated on what the World Showcase represents, and then you had a balance of, you know, cultural representation, but also Disney's mm-hmm. interpretation. But instead, you've got this weird mix mismatch of, you know, some of that plus some songs yeah. that people like from films that don't really have any relevance to it. So. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you're ever going to get a show just like Illuminations back. I think having IPs is now going to be something quite central to all nighttime shows. But 
it's it's making it balanced, making it actually fit with more of the theme than just throwing in crowd favourites for the sake of it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, may, may, but maybe, maybe. We'll okay. see. Um, okay, so yeah, the big news. Uh, so that's it, isn't it? Yeah, that's up, it. Up there. That's okay. it. Good night. Uh, thanks for enjoying the first show of the year. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, see you in a few weeks. Um, no, the, the 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 news that we've all been waiting for finally got revealed. Uh, we finally got an opening date for Mickey and Minnie's Runaway uh, Railway at Disneyland. Um, it's opening up, uh, what, the 28th of January, I think? Yeah. 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 So that's, uh, that's good. And, oh, and also a little ride called uh, Tron Light Cycle Run uh, opens up on the 4th of April. Can Didn't anyone... they that years ago? What, you they right? that years ago. Well, they, they did in China. They did in China. That was the weird oh, thing. Oh. Um, what, I, what I don't understand... Like, you know, it's been delayed, it's been delayed, it's been delayed. It's clearly ready, right? We're, they've been testing it for months. Uh, you know, they finished building ages ago. It's clearly ready. Can anyone explain to me why the 4th of April is is its go date? Does Can anyone work that out for me? Because I'm, I'm stumped. It, it seems to be the day they've picked for everything. Because the the two nighttime spectaculars that we've just spoke about start on that date as well. <laughs> well. New financial year. I mean, obviously, you're getting ready for the yeah. There's a financial sequel, and that'll be that'll be their midpoint one. That I think the financial yeah. year starts in October. Oh uh, yes, um, yes, that is the, that was, yeah. Yeah, but also obviously um, Memorial Day weekend at the end of May. Yeah, uh, you got Easter. When's Easter? Isn't Easter in April? So you you kind of get yeah. ready for the kick off for the busy season. Yeah, probably trying to give people enough time to get excited about it and book a vacation, rather than just drop it like next week and then everybody's scrabbling. But it's I, it's it's been weird because you know we've been waiting, you know, as you said, for the years. Uh, to finally get uh, an opening day, you know, we just got vague ideas of when it might open, and then they started dropping hints one day, and then just announced the date the mm. next day. And I was like, it's not really much of a marketing campaign, that is it, really? Mm. You know, I thought it was cute trying to tie it into, you know, the Tron game. Um, with, with the social media post that they were doing, but then you just got a very generic. Uh, here's a poster for the ride. Here's when it's opening. Enjoy. Mm. And I, oh, okay. That's it. Yeah. Uh, it just seems like when you've waited so long for something to open, it just seemed a bit rushed. Uh, the announcement, but you know, it's. Mm-hmm. I wonder. I wonder if. I wonder if actually just thinking about it, we're not going to talk about because obviously this isn't Universal, so we're not going to talk about Universal. But Universal have made a lot of announcements this week. And I wonder if they got wind of that and so pushed this out to kind of zump it a little bit. Try and divert the attention. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's there's no doubt that they, they know what each other's doing. Mm. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me because they really did throw out a lot of stuff on that same day. Mm. 
Um, as you mentioned, a lot of Disneyland Paris stuff came out on the same day as well. Um, yeah. it, it seemed like they wanted to get ahead of themselves before Universal came along and went, oh, we're opening new parks. Yeah. Yeah. And by the time we call the Universal episode, we might even have some more information on, on, a, on a further one, is the rumours I'm hearing today. Further two. Yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. I don't understand uh, the Colorado one. That's a weird one. I get the Vegas one, and I get the San Francisco oh, one. No. I don't get Colorado. Vegas. Well, we'll we'll talk about we'll talk about Vegas on the Universal show next week. Okay. It's uh yeah it, it's yeah troubled history. But anyway, I like oh, yeah. the good news is is that Tron's now got a date. We still don't have a third film. Um, I'm expecting the merchandise to start filtering through into the parks almost any day now. I'm still really bitter that the 40th anniversary Tron stuff that they were selling on Shop Disney in the US never comes to the UK. I never got my arcade backpack that I wanted. Bastards. Um, but um, yeah, it's 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 good that we finally got uh, a date. It's just a shame that they couldn't have opened it up uh, last year when it was Tron's 40th anniversary. It would have you know tied in pretty well. But hey... <laughs> Disney. Why not? Um, right, Mr. D, back to you. Uh, okay. Um, well, I don't know how uh, much of interest this is to people, but um, Disney, I've got a new chairman, a guy called Mark Parker. He's been a, he's been on the board for a number of years. He also was. Uh, or still is executive chairman of Nike. I think he was their CEO. He was, um, yeah, he was, yeah. yeah. Before, and it's kind of interesting because he's um, he's going to replace um, Susan E. Arnold. Um, she's been the chairman for quite some time, fifteen years, I think. Um, and one of the significant things is that. Mr. Parker is going to chair a newly created succession planning committee, which is going to mm. advise the board on future CEO candidates. So, Have you thought of me? Yeah, That's what I'd be doing if I was him. <laughs> as as soon as I saw the announcement, I was like, well, you've just put yourself in place, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know, though, because I, I thought that. I thought, oh, well, is, this, is this the new... CEO, but it would be odd for him to be this C the future CEO and being in charge of the committee that picks the future CEO. So that that suggests to me that he isn't the guy. Um, and also, I wouldn't be surprised if the next CEO of the Disney company is not a white middle-aged male mm. just saying right i just think that there's a you know there's got to be a consideration there that you know there must be good other candidates for that role that, mm. that are maybe that maybe portray the companies as a more diverse company so that's just I'm just throwing that in there, but I just the one 
that seems odd would be if he was going to be the guy. I could see the chairman part of it, but I'm not sure I see him being the guy who's leading the succession planning committee. I, I would have agreed with you if mm-hmm. I hadn't watched, and I mean, obviously, different countries, different things, right? But, mm-hmm. you know, our government employed somebody to look into corruption within the, like the government itself only to be found to have broken the same rules that he was investigating the government for and had to step mm-hmm. down. Like, I, I think what what used to make sense no longer applies in lots of things. You know, we were recording this the day that uh, Joe Biden, uh, as, as, you know, they've, they've found um, uh, highly uh, sensitive documents at his home. Uh, you know, I mean, that story's breaking, so I don't really know too much about it. I'm not going to get into the politics of it. But, you know, we live in weird times now where things that should should not be happening or you, you would think wouldn't happen because they don't like, make sense. The, the rules don't seem to apply anymore for things. But what I would say on that is what you were saying there about the next successor. I think um, there's probably um, some truth to that. I think it would be, I don't think it'd be a very good look for Disney to continue on this this path that they, they have been where, you know, arguably every everyone in charge of the company is a white man in a suit. Mm. You know, it's it's yeah. kind of got a bit tired and boring. What I would like to see, I think, is a return to uh, the... Uh, oh, God... Yeah. Frank Wells and uh, Eisner. Eisner. Couldn't think of Michael Eisner's name at all. But, you know, that was a, a two-man power play. And that seemed to work really well. And obviously they've not tried to do that since, really. They might, might have had people in similar kind of positions, but it, it's not really been the same dynamic. You know, what you need, really, I think, to run... Disney successfully is somebody who's good financially but someone that's also good creatively which is why the Eisner-Wells relationship worked so well and obviously that had a, a tragic end but um, you know that's that unfortunately had to that come to a conclusion but it's not been replicated since Bob Iger was great at spending money uh, and you know look at the stuff that he bought during his tenure you know Pixar was bought Lucasfilm was bought, Marvel was bought, Fox was bought, you know, all these all these things. And I heard today, and this will prick up the ears of Lewis when he listens to this episode, um, it, uh, Bob and the head of ESPN have been speaking to Vince McMahon about selling WWE to them. They're one of the potential suitors, which was... I guess that when I read it the other day that they were up for sale. Well, his, yeah. They... His eyes are going to light up. As soon as he sees something big like that for sale, he's going to go, oh, here we go again. Well, the, the thing is, you know, I don't want to get too bogged down in it, but in, in 2020, there were discussions between uh, WWE, Disney and, and ESPN about buying WWE as content for Disney+. Plus. Then the pandemic happened, so all of that kind of went, and then obviously Bob Iger moved on. So... It's it's interesting that he's now back in the position he was in, and it just so happens that uh, Vince has come back into the company that he was forced out of to force through a, a sale. 
um, and they are one of the you know there's there's a there's probably about four or five people that could literally buy the company. Um, and the other thing as well is Comcast is one of those companies, and he knows that. So he's gonna, you know, even if it's not to actually buy it outright, he's gonna rock the boat for for that relationship as well. So that's, but I but I think that's what you need. You need somebody to have some level of creativity and 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 vision, and you need somebody to kind of watch the pennies. I mean, if you look yeah. at the. I think what you can say with Iger is that he bought a legacy, whereas yes. Eisner probably built a legacy. Well, even if you look at the, um, even if you look at what's been done in the parks under um, Iger, you know the the attractions they built, with probably the exception of Pandora, really um, weren't weren't particularly exciting. They weren't game changers. You know, he he basically ran Disney when all these competitors were, were making bigger and better things. Whilst yeah. under Eisner, you know, there, it was a lot more dynamic. There were, you know, Splash Mountain was was one of his, which obviously is having its free theme now. But, you know, there was there was lots of things that he did under his tenure which were more dynamic and exciting than what Iger did. Iger played it, I think, quite safe with the changes that he made. You know, it was a lot of refits and overlays. You know, not lots of new exciting uh attractions just yeah a lot of, modern a lot versions of moving of. pieces yeah. rather than, than adding new ones well just 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 create creativity it just lacked you know even yeah. the successful things like seven doors mine train it's not exactly dynamic is it it's a very no and new fantasy, land, idea. new fantasy land was again a hodgepodge of things mm. oh come it, on it, two dumbos that's genius <laughs> That is true. That is, Two dumbbells and a splash pad. Right. I mean, you know, you could just imagine the day that, like, you know, what we need is another dumbo. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You're the man. To, to go along with the one on the other side of the, the park. Yeah. But the... <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's exactly it. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, look, uh, we you know, we're still... How long's how long's Bob in charge for? Is it two years he signed on for? Two years, two years yeah. yeah. So you know a lot of a lot of stuff to to kind of go on with, but um, yeah, I think it's I think it's going to be interesting. I think it's I think it's good to get someone in uh, to do it, but I don't know enough about uh, this guy's background at Nike to know what his ideas are. Like, is he looking for? someone who's dynamic and creative or is he looking for somebody who's going to play it really safe and do exactly what's expected and I guess we won't know until he gets his shortlist will he so mm. yeah. yeah time will tell but if um, if Bob Iger's going to be out the door in two years time um, he's going to have to put at least one or two candidates up front pretty soon you would think Unless, as, yeah. as P Dub suggested, one of them's Bob Iger himself. Uh, yeah, there's always that. Yeah. But from what, well, from what I heard, his wife's told him, no. Well, you know, we, got yeah, two but years. Tom Brady's wife said that, and look how that turned out. Mm-hmm. There's a deep. Look how, many, look how many times I got signed a new contract after he said he was gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the man who wouldn't go. 
the Bob Iger story. Um, P-Dubs, what about you? Anything yeah. else from you? Uh, yeah, heading over to Disneyland. There's a few bits mm. about Disneyland, um, including breaking news today. Yes. Um, we will be saying farewell to the French market um, as of next month. Well, hang on. Um, oh, right, you mean Disneyland? Yeah, okay. Yep, yep. Um, so that, that will be going to be replaced by Tiana's Palace. We knew Tiana's Palace was coming, but we hadn't really been given any details as to where it was going, what whether it was replacing something. Um, well, it is, and, and sadly, it is part of that, that original New Orleans Square set of buildings. Um, it will be replacing the French market. Um, it's closing on February the 17th um, alongside the Mint Julep Bar. So a lot of people are going to be disappointed with that. Um, that is going to be closed for a while. Um, the Mint Julep Bar is coming back, um, but there's no reopening date. It just says it's going to be later on in the year before they both open again. Yeah. Well, I, I guess that makes sense. They'll probably just do a grand reopening for for both of them. Um yeah. I don't know. I don't know enough about it. I've never been there, so I, I can't really vouch for it. But to me, it, it, it makes sense. I mean, the whole reason why uh, the the Disney World version is going into uh, Port Orleans is because of that's that's where they can put it, really. Yeah. Um, but it seems to make you know to me, it seems to make sense for it to go in New Orleans Square. Yeah. Uh, not far from where the attraction's going to be. So. Only issue is it's going to be a quick service. It's not right. going to be a sit-down restaurant, which I find a little bit strange. Because it's um, not really what the film uh, no. leans to. Yeah. No. And they, of course, they have got Cafe Orleans, which is a sit-down restaurant. It could have been a replacement for that. French Market is the closest to the attraction. Um, so it's that's not a surprise as such, but it's just I find it a little bit weird that they've decided to to place it as a quick service restaurant rather than a sit down. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Do you th- do you think they might build a tunnel from the exit to the of the ride straight into the restaurant like they do Ratatouille? Or well, it's it's weird because Splash Mountain's entrance is actually on the other side of the attraction, right? So you actually have to queue past the Haunted Mansion and okay. up around the corner to get to Splash Mountain. It's it's all a bit of a weird thing. So it's not particularly close mm. in general. Um, in fact, Splash Mountain is probably closer to Galaxy's Edge than it is to, to New Orleans Square. Okay. So it's, it's a little bit of a mess. Um, in all honesty, so they'll have to do something, I think, to, to tie it all in. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, be interesting. I don't know what the I don't know what a French quarter restaurant uh, is like for food, so I don't know how much of that will change. I've eaten or... in there. I I don't think it'll change overly. Um, we ate there in October, um, and we had like stew and gumbo. And things like that. So I don't think it's going to change that much. No. No. Um, it might. Some of the meals may just get Princess and the Frog themed names, which wouldn't surprise me. But outside of that, I don't think it will change that much. Okay. 
fine. Yeah, there you go. Um, I, I didn't. I'm not going to talk about this story. I just saw a headline and it really made me laugh. So I just thought I'd I'd read it out to you all. Uh, drunk man starts rampage in Disney. Bumps toddler. Tries to bite deputy. We can just leave that there, right? Deputy. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. Yeah. All good. I don't think we need to read any more about that. I think that's uh, that's that's more than enough. And that says it all, really, doesn't it? Yeah. Sometimes, mm. sometimes the headline tells you all you need to know. There's literally nothing more I need to know about that story. That that was that was fine. That was you know a, a nice tasty meal. Um, Mr. D, finally, was there anything else uh, from you you wanted to cover off? Um, there's a couple of smaller things. Um, again, anything as exciting given... as my story or? No, no, okay, nothing. No, no toddlers were bitten in this story. No, no deputies. Sorry, no toddlers were bumped. Um, but yeah, a couple of small ones. So, well, Disney World, if you're an annual pass holder, if you're lucky enough to be an annual pass holder, which is an issue in itself, um, you don't have to make park reservation to visit the parks after two p.m. So that's being relaxed unless it's a Saturday or a Sunday in the Magic Kingdom. So they're making a little bit of change there. But it was interesting to see Josh DeMaro defending the, um, the park reservation system recently mm. and saying it was really to maximise the guest experience. So basically, if you read between his lines, it seemed to be saying that, you know, they recognise that if the crowds get too high, um, the guest experience diminishes and they've got to cap the numbers, which... I guess it's fair enough, but it's not really solving the problem. You need to get higher capacity, more rides or, and or more parks. That's the problem. Yeah. And um, also and, on that note, I just want to throw in that Disneyland have changed theirs. You can now park up from 11 a.m. So mm. pretty much it's non-existent. You, you can book into a park and then be in the other one within an hour of opening. Yeah. So they pretty think- much scrapped it at Disneyland. I think in Disney World, you if you're not an annual pass holder, I think you've still got to make a reservation and you still have to check into that park. You've still got to go through the turnstiles before uh, you park up, I believe. Right. So for yeah, example, I think Disneyland's the same, but as I say, it's literally an hour between yeah. opening and when you can park up. So yeah. it doesn't really mean a lot. No, no, that's true. Um, and then the other um, little giveaway is um, complimentary attraction photos when you buy Genie Plus. So if you buy Genie Plus, you get your raid photographs for free included in uh, in your in your Genie Plus purchase. So okay, fair enough. I mean, from a UK point of view, if you've got a UK ticket, you've got Memory Maker included in that. Anyway, you get your attraction photographs included as, as part of that package. But um, if you don't have a UK ticket and you buy Genie Plus, then you get at least the on-ride photographs like Space Mountain and obviously not Splash Mountain anymore, but um, Test Track, etc., etc. So another little, another little give back there. Mm. Was that from me? I think. Fair enough. P Dubs, anything finally from you? 
Yeah, just a few little bits more from from Disneyland. Um, I know we've talked about it previously. Um, Earl of Sandwich obviously had disappeared from downtown Disney um, when they were meant to be rebuilding or redoing downtown Disney and building the new hotel. Um, and it was meant to be returning as a as a kiosk. Um, it's actually not. It's returning in a proper restaurant again, as it was previously. Um, that's returning um, next month. Um, so it's replacing La Brea Bakery, who have actually um, come out of the restaurant business. They're no longer going to have restaurants anywhere. Um, so, yeah, our sandwich is returning there. Um, as I mentioned earlier, there's also an opening date for uh, their new nighttime spectacular, um, which isn't really changing much. It's going to be World of Colour 1. Um, I'm not quite sure why they felt the need to change the name by adding one to the end of it. Um, but that's going to debut on the 27th of January. Um, I absolutely loved World of Colour when I saw it last year, so I'll be intrigued to see what they've they've done to it to, to update it. Um, uh, and for those run Disney fans out there, um, Disneyland's half marathon weekend will be returning in 2024. Um, that was confirmed this week. Um, and it will, as it used to follow up the Walt Disney world marathon weekend. Um, so that's normally on the first weekend of January, the, the Disneyland half weekend will be the following weekend. So the second weekend of January. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It actually is. I'm surprised. Yeah. I'm surprised. I'm not surprised about Alice Sandwich. I, what What I find interesting about Alice Sandwich is, I I don't know of them anywhere else. They must have no. locations elsewhere. But there's a where? few here, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. Well, there was. I don't think there's any in the UK anymore. The first one that opened was weird. It was in a food court, and it was in like it was like an island in a food court. Yeah, it was like almost like a weird cart type thing. Um, and then they opened one up near St Paul's, which I thought I was working near at the time. And I thought, oh, I'll just take a quick walk down to uh, Earl of Sandwich, and had to walk past pretty much every major chain, plus pubs, plus other restaurants before I got anywhere near it. And it was completely dead because by that point you could have bought a sandwich anywhere. Um, I think that yeah. lasted about uh, a year. Disneyland Paris is the only one in Europe. Oh, it is. It is now the only one in Europe, is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. But there's they've got some in Asia, Philippines, yeah. and South Korea. I think there was one in Dubai at one point as well. Yeah. No, they've got fifty about. locations now. Uh, Thirty-two in the United States, five in Canada. Seven in South Korea, five in the Philippines, and one in France. Wow! Hey, you forget about the one in the in the House of Lords. <laughs> John Edward Hollister Montague is the eleventh Earl of Sandwich. Yeah, yeah, but, but does he does he actually sell people uh, his sandwiches? That's the question. He might. He might. I mean, if you asked him nicely, he might. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very. Uh, it's very it's very possible i found out actually recently that the uh because i love the brownies you get a yeah. sandwich mm. they're ghirardelli yeah, are they yeah <laughs> which it, on the one hand isn't that as much of a surprise as i thought it was because 
I, I don't know if anyone else has ever done this, but if I go to Costco, I've often bought those big boxes of uh, Ghirardelli brownie mix that you can you can buy, yeah. and they they taste just as delicious as the other sandwich ones. So of course, why would they not be exactly the same? Mm. Just a yeah. different packaging. So there you go. Yeah. If you're in Disney Springs and you go to Splitsville, the the brownie there is a Ghirardelli brownie as well. And I imagine that's but very, I'm not, very nice. Well, I, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure, but I'm. I'm. I'm hazarding a guess that if you go to Ghirardelli and you get the brownie in there, I, I'm assuming it's Ghirardelli there as well. No, I don't think so. I think it's an Ella sandwich brownie in there. Oh Jesus! What is wrong with Ghirardelli? <sighs> Their profit margins must be shocking. Um, right, let's uh, let's move away from the parts and have a look at what's going on outside the parks. Would you believe it? Yes, it is Patreon time. What is Patreon time? I hear you ask. Well, Patreon is an online platform which allows you to support your favourite content creators and interact with them if you so wish. In return for your support, you get access to exclusive content that is not available anywhere else and you also get early access to all our podcast episodes. So what are you waiting for? Why would you not want to be a Patreon? I don't know. To me, it's excellent value for money. Um, I would say that, of course, because, you know, I'm trying to sell this to you. But honestly, we've got years of content that's exclusively available. It makes a perfect Christmas gift, or if you're listening to this after Christmas, a perfect gift for someone you know. So we'd like to use this time to not only talk about Patreon, but also shout out to those people that help support the podcast that you are listening to. So, here we go. We've got Tim and Ryan, Joseph, Haley, Lee, Chris, Mel, Daniel, Paul, Sandy, Crystal, Nikki, Dan, Kevin, Dave, Tom, David, Elliot, Breaking Dad, Rob, Todd, Jane and Steve, and Stephen. Thank you to all of our patrons. It really means so much to have your support. And if you now want to join the Patreon and hear your name in a future advert, then you just need to join up to our Patreon page. Just go to patreon.com forward slash that podcast and you can find us there and sign up. So what are you waiting for? Okay, so uh, do we have to talk about the, uh, the rather large blue flying dragon in the room? Gas. You, well, it's you a ban- banshee, really, I suppose, rather than a dragon, but you know what I mean. Uh, I mean, I think on the last episode, I think we recorded it just after Avatar came out. I've now seen it twice, by the way. Don't ask. Um, and we were talking about the fact that it, its its opening box office hadn't been as high as Disney had hoped, and you know, we were speculating: is it going to be uh, as successful? Once it's all said and done. Uh, well, I think we can quash that rumour because as we recall this, 
it's it's already passed 1.7 billion dollars at the box office it's probably going to clear 2 billion uh by the time this episode goes out publicly so if patreons listen to this it's 1.7 billion by the time the public listens to this it's probably two um yeah it's uh it's it's doing all right i guess is the uh the short and simple answer it's it's like the first one has really got legs and you know it's um it's it's shift from weekend to weekend in terms of um box office uh has been the drops have been very short and they've actually had some increases as well so i i i don't know what to say i'm really is it any good i mean if you like the first one you'll probably like the second one it's but it's not gonna it's not gonna you know change change the world i mean for me I mean, I've already I've already done my review for it. People can can find it on Walking Movies if you want, but um, it, it's too long. No film should be free over three hours. The only film that deserved to be over three hours was Avengers Endgame, because that was trying to wrap up twenty two films worth of storylines. So fair enough. But a sequel to Avatar doesn't need to be three hours and ten minutes. It's good. It's enjoyable. It looks really good. You know, the 3D is obviously really good. Um, but I don't really understand why these films are like the... Well, I mean, this one, I think, is in the top five or six films of all time as we speak. I think but... it hit, I think it hit six the other day. Hit number six, right. Yeah. That is the part that bamboozles me. You know, like for me, Top Gun Maverick was a much better film. That that film should be making more money than an Avatar film, but it didn't. It, it made a lot of money, but it didn't make Avatar money. I don't understand how these films make as much money as they do. Fair play. I said they're, they're good, and people that love them really love them, but I've seen just as many people slagging those films off than those yeah. that love them to bits. So well, I think the, the first one... The first one was a, an event one. I mean... It was yeah. the 3D was so good. It was and it was at the beginning of that 3D wave, and it, it, so it was like an event. Had, everybody had to go and see it in the cinema. Um, but it was an, an average film, really. I mean, the story, the acting, dialogue was all average, and the the visuals are amazing. Um, and we were set to go and see the second one, and we thought, right, okay, well, let's. We haven't watched the first one for such a long time, and we watched the first one, and the end of it, we're like. It's okay, but and then we'd heard it was three hours and ten minutes, and Cameron says, "Yeah, that's okay, because you, it's so good. You're going to go and see it multiple times. So it doesn't matter if you have to go to the loo halfway through." And I just thought, "Nah, I'm out. Thanks, yeah. James." You know, and, and don't get me wrong. So I mean, is, we'll watch it when it comes to Disney Plus, I guess. But and it is and it is an event film. Like, I, I will, I can say that mm. because again, the one thing that and I heard Cat and Lewis on Disney under talk about it when they went to see it and they were talking about how good the 3D was and everything and the thing is I go and see a lot of films in 3D if it comes out in 3D I, tr- I always try and see it in 3D so I, I like the format but most films that I see don't really make use of it and they certainly don't pun intended stand out like they should do whilst when you go and see Avatar 2 immediately the 3D looks as remarkable as it did 11 years or so ago when you 
you saw the first Avatar the cinema because he's filmed you know that's how he's made the film he's made the film to be watched in 3D the problem is is unless you was a sad bastard like me who bought a 3D TV you can't watch films in 3D at home when we re-watched Avatar or when uh, we, we sat down with Alice to watch Avatar before the new one came out we watched it in 3D and all I was thinking when I was watching it was, oh, I remember trying to watch this in 2D, and it just, the 3D, because of how beautiful it is, distracts you from how mundane the film is. Yeah. And and that's the same with this one. Like, I've, I saw it in IMAX 3D, and I took my daughter to see it in standard 3D, and both times it was a great visual experience. But I was sat there going... The story's not that great, and the dialogue's not that great, and there was a lot of padding. I, f- I felt there was a lot of padding with this film. Like this three-hour, ten-minute runtime is because James Cameron needs to employ a better editor for his films rather than himself. Um, but it is a film that is a really great spectacle to go and watch at the cinema. When when it comes to Disney Plus, and I imagine they're going to hold off. I don't think we'll see this on Disney Plus until at the very earliest like summer like maybe july 4th or something or potentially they might hold it off until the end of the year as that big christmas thing as a way to entice customers back over christmas um but i think they're going to do a top gun maverick i think they're going to hold off on putting it on streaming for as long as possible but when you but when it hits disney plus i i i completely agree i think that's exactly what they should go back to doing now um but I think when it does hit Disney Plus and you watch it for that first time in 2D, you will be left wondering why I'm watching this film for three hours and ten minutes. Because a lot of it is is lost in the, the translation of the technology. Like the, And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that's how film should be. A film should be a good film regardless of how you watch it. It just feels to me these films are specifically made that if you watch them in the right format, they're a lot more enjoyable than if you don't. But yeah, there you go. Quick, yeah. quick review of, of the seven out of ten Avatar two. Um, was there anything um, you wanted to talk about, Mister D, that you've noticed or unpark related? No, no. We're still watching stuff on Disney Plus, and quite enjoying season three of War of the Worlds. Um, sadly, I think it's the last season. I think um, it was announced as so, yeah, as such, yeah. Yeah, but which is a shame because it's it's very very good. Um, if anybody hasn't watched it, highly recommend it. It's nothing like War of the Worlds as per HG Wells, but it's it's good in its own right. Uh, so that's what I'm watching at the minute. Any Jeff Lynne songs in it? No, nope, not a Disappointing. one. Disappointing. Disappointing. No, David Essex. Yes, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, I forgot he did that. Um, full lineup. Have you um have you actually been watching any of the the Disney content? Um, so at the moment, uh, Willow, I think is just wrapping up. Yeah, just finished this week, I believe. Right. Oh yeah, yesterday wasn't it? it was the last episode? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've I've not watched anything since She Hulk in terms of original oh. programming. I've watched about half of Willow. Um, but uh, as we found out when we reviewed it, um, I'm not a massive fan. Uh, 
Warwick Davis is a hard watch. Um, his acting has not improved over the last 30 years, unfortunately. Um, so <laughs> it is a little bit of a hard watch, but the story's okay. I'm quite enjoying the story, but uh, as the lead actor, he, he, he doesn't hold your attention very well. Yeah. It's, it, it's not... It's tough because when you look at... Um, you know, popular films and TV, there's not... And I guess the reason why uh, Ron Howard wanted to make Willow was to, uh, you know, give Warwick Davis a chance to, to play a lead role. Because other yep. than what um, Peter Dinklage in, in Game of Thrones, there's not really that many roles that are written for actors of specific heights. You know, it's just it's just not, yep. it's not a thing. So, I commend the the, the idea, but there's a reason why Warwick Davis has made a career dressed up, <laughs> behind yeah. aesthetics and very, you know, <laughs> very much so. He's great on Tenable though. His yeah. puns are terrible, but he's you know he's he's not a bad game show host. But uh, yeah, I, I know I know I know what you mean. Um, but I, I mean, I've not even watched Andor, and I'm you know. That should be in my wheelhouse. Yeah. yeah should I, be, I really enjoyed I, Andor. I did enjoy that. I haven't watched National Treasure yet. Uh, no. No. Which I'm that's so, one I'll probably I need try. to rewatch the films again. Yeah, the films are good. Before. I like the films. They're, they're quite my, a, a guilty pleasure. My wife loves the National Treasure films. I never saw them. Mm-hmm. I think they mm. both came out um, before we got together. So we never went to the cinema to see them. She did own them on DVD, um, mm-hmm. but we never watched them. Um, so I've never seen them. And yes, of course, they're on Disney+, Plus, but I've just never sat down to watch them. But um, from what I've seen people say, uh, uh, you know, fans of the film that have watched the, the show, they've said it's a really good um, adaptation. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, good. Nicolas Cage-less, but... Uh, you know, it's it's within the spirit of the of the films. So, and I think there is mm-hmm. I've I've heard rumours of there being a third film off the back of this. So, yeah, be interested mm-hmm. to see what happens there. Yeah, I've also started watching uh, playing catch up. I started watching the Orville. Have any of you guys watched the Orville? Yeah, I'm up to date with the Orville. It's it, I find it strange. I'm enjoying it. I find it really odd. It can't make up its mind if it's a Star Trek ripoff, a comedy, or a serious message delivering entity. It, it becomes a bit more serious as it goes on. Right. Okay. I I'm still that... fairly early into it. I think I'm only at like episode four or something. Yeah. My, series. my understanding was that when, because obviously Seth MacFarlane was behind it, and I think. Yeah. Originally, there was a kind of a bit of a, a to and a fro as to what the tone of the show was going to be. I think he wanted to make it more mm. like Star Trek, whilst mm. Fox were like, "Yeah, but you're the guy from Family Guy and Ted." We we kind of was expecting yeah. a bit more humour in this, and I think yeah. as the show, as Pete up said, as the show kind of went into season two and season three, there was more mm. of a tonal shift to being more like a Star Trek esque. Uh, show. I mean, mm-hmm. I've, I've you know one of the things I've seen is a lot of people have said it's more of a Star Trek show 
or it becomes more of a Star Trek show than the actual Star Trek shows of recent years. Right. I yeah. don't know how true that is because I've not watched those either. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, it does. It does. It does change, and I think the future of it's up in the air, isn't it, P Dubs? Yeah, I think I think they're signed up for one more definite season. But oh. again, they there was three years between the last two seasons. Yeah. Mm. Um, because it was all part of obviously it was it was Fox, um, but was on a different network, who cancelled it, mm. and then obviously Disney bought it, and then it was like, well, we have got more ideas. The the last season is very different in in tone and in story. Um, right. it, you can definitely tell that it was it was done by different people. Right. Interesting. Mm, okay. So I'll keep going with that. I'm quite enjoying it, but it is, it is kind of a strange one at the minute. Let's see how it settles. Um, before I come to you, P Dubs, I did. Unless you wanted to talk about this, uh, the Golden Globes was that on your list of things yeah. to talk about? It wasn't. No, it wasn't. Yeah. I I completely forgotten. Okay. Well, it's, it's understandable because who? <laughs> I don't even know they're being televised this year. Um. But, uh, you know, it was, uh, well, it got some good publicity for Disney because uh, Abbott, M- Ale- Abbott Elementary won quite a few uh, awards over uh, comedy and for acting, which I don't know if anyone's seen that. I watched um, I watched about the first six or seven episodes of the first season. It's a very easy watch. Um, you know, only, only like 20-odd minutes episodes but it's it's nice it's like a kind of like a mockumentary set in a in a school um, it was heavily advertised when i was out in la oh really? okay i think because yeah. um i think the first season i think it was one of those shows that kind of came out of nowhere but started getting noticed by critics so i don't think it was necessarily like a big hit initially but it started to get a lot of attention for like you know how sharp it was written and and the performances in it, uh, but it's a very very good easy watch. Uh, I want to watch the well finish off the first season and start on on season two. But they won a load of awards for that. But uh, also uh, Marvel got its first award for acting, first yeah. major award for acting. Yeah, Angela Bassett. Is uh, yeah. anyone? Because I mean, I, I guess that's the other thing which will <laughs> nicely segue into. Which is we've got a release date for uh, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever on Disney Plus that launches on the first of uh, February, um, and she she won uh, Best Supporting Actress, I believe, yeah, uh, for her her role as the Queen uh, in that film. Yeah, um, and has anyone else seen it? Am I the only one that's seen it? No, I, I went and saw it. Okay, I, I personally I thought it was well deserved. Yeah, if you were going to pick anybody out of that film, she was the one that deserved that. Uh, there was no competition. Like, I, no. no one, no one was a bad actor in that film. But she, you, you, you know, Angela Bassett is a well-known, well-regarded actress, and yep. you know she really stood out in that film. Um, yeah, you know, throughout. So. Yeah, it wasn't a surprise, but it's a it's a big feather in the cap for Disney, you know. Yep, and and must go into the Oscars as favourite to win. 
as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Golden Globes are normally a, a, an indication, aren't they? Um, yeah, it's always difficult with the Golden Globes because they separate the categories. Yes. So you're never quite sure who's going to go in as, as favourite, but from what I could tell, I think she will probably be the one that everybody goes, I am expecting her to win. Yeah. Well, I watched the... Because the other big award winner at the uh, the Golden Globes was uh, bit, bit in the in the complete opposite categories was uh, the Beast of Inner Shearing. Yeah. Um, and which I think... Didn't it win Best Film, but Spielberg won Best Director, which I always find a bit odd. Yeah. You, you'd think, you know, the, the Best Director would win Best Film, but hey-ho. Yeah. Um, but Colin Farrell... And Farrell won Best Actor. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest, I, I watched it uh, a few nights ago now. I've been really looking forward to seeing it at the cinema, and, and I never got a chance to. It wasn't on long enough um, for me to see it. So I was really looking forward to seeing it, and I was quite disappointed, actually. I, I didn't really think it was that good. And if I'm completely honest, he's good, but Barry Keogh was much better. <laughs> yeah. As a supporting character, what, but that, <laughs> he was much better. That's what Colin Farrell was promoting when I bumped into him in LA. Oh right, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. out there. They, 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 it was a first screen, and I think it was at the Egyptian Theatre. Right. Um. Yeah. So he was hanging around in in LA at the time. I mean, I yeah. put out my uh, my my podcast the other day of like my films of the year, and uh, your friend Tony, uh, your podcast friend yep. Tony, uh, yep. said that Beast of Inisherin was was his favourite film of the year and the favourite from that director. Um, but for, it just it just didn't work for me. I don't know if maybe I had. Sometimes you hear those films, don't you? You hear so much hype that when you get to see yep. it, you're like, oh, I'm, I was expecting something else. And I think that might have been the problem for me. I don't know. When it gets to films like that, I tend to I tend to leave it and go back to it under my own steam. Mm. So like, there's been a lot of TV, like, even Avatar first avatar i didn't see the first time round. Mm. it wasn't until about 18 months two years later that i actually saw the first one right um so i could separate myself from the the furore around it and i've done it with with tv shows like i'm currently plowing my way through big bang theory because i just refused to watch it when it, when it started because it was such a big hit i i mean i personally still so refuse I, to watch it now so fair play to you <laughs> I'm I'm nearly three seasons deep. A four season. I'm on the fourth season now, and I've, that's since the weekend. Right, bloody hell. Well, you're ill, so, so you got you got time. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, I know you mean. I mean, the thing is, like my my favorite, well, some of my favorite films were, were Top Gun and uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and they were films that yep. were really like bigged up, but I saw them right before that that happened. Yeah. And I do wonder if I saw those, you know, a few weeks or a month later than I I had done after everyone was hyping them up, whether I'd have felt the same way. So I do I I do try and see films as early as possible now to to avoid the hype, yeah. as it were. But yeah, but yeah, good news for Disney and Fox. You know, it's a strong yeah. showing for them. So yeah, yeah, they're they're hitting their stride again. Yeah, certainly with live action, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, if it's if it's under the Disney banner, they're not. But if it's under any of their subsidiaries, they're doing no. okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, anything you wanted to talk about, P Dubs? Yeah, just um, that the the winds have changed 
um, and Mary Poppins has flown off uh, for a final time on on the West End. The mm. the Prince Edward Theatre is now closed for a, a long refurbishment, um, and and Mary is done on the West End, um, and currently is not on anywhere in the world. That's oh. that's it now. No no notes as to whether there's going to be a tour or or what. But yeah, it's it's not on anywhere. It's been closed on Broadway for for quite a while. Um, and it was, and that's probably lasted longer on the West End than it, it should have done because it, it reopened just before the pandemic. Um, mm. I actually saw it about three weeks before they, they all closed. Um, and they'd only been open a few weeks at that point. So it, it's gone on quite a lot longer than it was originally meant to. Was that with ZZ um, uh, Stalin? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she's she's done play. She's been playing Mary now for eight years on and off um she started on the uk tour in 2015 um so it, it's finally time for her to to take a break yeah um, i think didn't her sister originate the role yeah yeah, yeah she she which she didn't originate it she did she was in uh she did it on broadway for a while um and she was part of the first uk tour um summer yeah it was summer um, styling yeah um so then ZZ took over on the 2015 tour um did that for a couple of years and then when they decided to bring it back um in 2020 um she she signed up to play her on on the west end as well um so currently frozen is the only frozen and the lion king are the two disney shows now on on the west end yeah i watch um i watch a youtube channel called uh, mickey joe theater uh, yep. I think he's great. I really, I really enjoy his content. And uh, he did a video which came out, I think, uh, Monday um, of the the final performance. They went to the final yep. performance, and uh, obviously can't film the show, but they were, they filmed like the the curtain call and yeah. reactions at the end and and stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I never saw it. Uh, my wife saw it when it first opened, two thousand five, six, something like that. Yeah, it would have um, been around then. Yeah, so she saw it um, originally. She had her, her Mary Poppins umbrella from the show for for years. Um, Mine's uh, sitting on the shelf next to me. There you go. Um, but yeah, it, it does seem to be like that show that does uh, make more returns than Mary Poppins herself does in, in film, certainly. Um, I, yeah. I'm kind of surprised Lion King is still going. I mean, that opened, I think, 98, 99. It's had a, a, and only seems to get run. more expensive... <laughs> yeah. and and the theatre well I mean the theatre itself is, isn't is too bad but I mean I found the seating to be incredibly tatty and uncomfortable when I went a, f- a few years ago it, it, it's desperately in need of a of a good refurb that theatre um, but uh, it, it sells really well and um, you did forget one show though P-Dubs uh, Newsies oh yeah of course Newsies running at the moment yeah, yeah. until uh, until April so far um, I, I don't know if you. I don't know if you know about this, but it's it's almost in the round. Yeah, it's in this new theatre in was, Wembley. Yeah, it's not West End as such, but uh, London ad- adjacent, I suppose. Um, by all accounts, it's 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 very good. I mean, I've only uh, heard good things. Um, my godson went to see it a few weeks, oh, a few days ago, and said it was 
really excellent. I'm actually quite eager to go. The problem I've got is I don't know where I'm supposed to sit. I've looked at the seating chart and I can't work out what's a good view. So I might get down there. I don't know, but I'm I'm intrigued. I like the film. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, anything else from you, Pinups? No, that was it from me. And what about you, Mister D? No, no, nothing else really. All good. Well, good. That that seemed to work quite well. It seemed to fly through that. That wasn't too bad. Um. So yeah. Um. We'll we'll wrap up this episode. Uh. Thank you so much for listening and uh, our patrons for their uh, support. And um, I don't think we've decided. Uh, I, I might look through the archives to see what suggestions we've got for our Patreon shows this month. I think we've got a few ideas we haven't done yet. Um, and uh, I, I guess we'll be recording Universal next week. Um, and then we'll see you here for more Disney stuff in a few weeks. Cheerio. See you. This podcast is a that production and part of the After Dark Podcast Network. <laughs>